Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind, and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today, my co-host, Nick Costco. Welcome, Nick. Hey, thanks a bunch for having me. Excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that we hear about, you know, I was on a uh, group call for uh, uh, a real estate investing um, group uh, community yesterday. And this one, this one uh, uh, participant, he said, hey, my brother's been doing infinite banking, and he's not getting any coaching. Um, you know, he's not getting any help. Uh, he didn't know what company he was with or anything like that. And I, you know, I hate to hear that. And obviously, as you know, we've helped some people get straightened out that have are in that situation where sometimes you see that they're with the wrong company, a company that doesn't, I mean, again, what's a wrong company? It's really uh, maybe a company that doesn't embrace infinite banking. Um, but maybe it's not even a mutual company. Maybe it's, you know, a stock company. So I thought that, you know, we know that the coaching that we do at, at Create Tailwind is different because we're actually doing this, right? So we <laughs> we can coach you and we can show you how to build your system because we're doing it and have done it. And, um, and, you know, some people that get into this, they haven't done it. But when they get into this, they say, you know, Nick, I'm just going to go and see what mutual companies out there have the highest ratings. And, <laughs> and, you know, is that the best place to start when you're looking for the company? So let's, let's just spend some time today talking about what are the things that we have found, not that we think, not in theory, but that we have found that doing infinite banking with these companies, uh, really how to choose these companies, which companies should we work with? Make sense? A absolutely. You know, it's funny. I, I was uh, talking with a, one of our referrals this morning and uh, one of his first questions was, Hey, do you do this yourself? And uh, you know, it, it kind of got us into, Hey, here's the deal. Uh, I do practice. We, we practice what we preach and I'm never going to show you a, a place to put your money that I'm not putting my own money in um, myself. So um, I think that that's, it does set us apart a little bit. And uh, we, we do like to talk about that. And we're not uh, shy about uh, sharing our own personal experiences with uh, clients and prospects. And we've done it many times on this show. Yeah, it'd be kind of like, you know, if I told you, um, Nick, that there was the best steakhouse that I've ever been to in my life, but I don't actually eat meat. <laughs> you'd be like, well, how do you know it's the best? How do you know that the, you know, like, right? Yeah. I mean, how could I get excited about infinite banking if I wasn't doing it myself, if it wasn't changing my life and my family's life and uh, for generations, how would I get so excited about it? Well, I, I guess the, the honest answer is I wouldn't, yeah. you know, I'd be just out there trying to promote something that I wasn't doing myself, that I wasn't trying to build my wealth with etc. So, all right, let's talk about the the first thing everybody wants to talk about when they're choosing a company. 
first of all, let's just review the difference between a stock company Perfect. and a mutual company. Hey, okay. hey, before before you go on, Jim, hey, th those of you that are new to this, uh, to us, just feel free to go to createtailwind.com. Check out, there's plenty of resources on there. Uh, there's there's a resource tab and a what we do tab. Uh, check that out. And just a little bit of background is, hey, we're Nelson Nash purists through and through. Uh, Nelson Nash wrote the book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Everything else you see out there uh, comes from that. And, and what we're going to talk about here right now is the stuff Nelson talked about in his book uh, In books, frankly, wrote uh, three of them that are that are phenomenal on this subject. And what Jim's about ready to dive into here, the difference between a stock company and a mutual company, uh, Nelson uh, brilliantly lays out in his book, uh, Becoming Your Own Banker, which you can find uh, either on Amazon or go to uh, infinitebanking.org and, and pick yourself up a copy there. Absolutely. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for that reminder. All right. So. There's two types of insurance companies. And by law, these insurance companies are required to distribute the profits of the company to the owners. Okay. Seems simple. So like, any, like any bit, like almost like any business, right? Like, like, like any business, owners, right? They're a business. They run, they run the business to make money right. for the owners. Okay. So a stock company is owned by shareholders, right? Right. And a mutual company is owned by policyholders. So which one would we want if we're going to be a policyholder? Yeah, yeah. I like that that mutual one, you yeah. know. And, and and you know what's interesting, a lot of people don't realize this that uh particularly a publicly traded uh company, by law they have to do things to increase their profits, increase the profits for the shareholder. It's right. very specific how it's worded for the shareholder. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of stock companies that out there that they push universal life types of products and IULs, index universal life, variable universal life. And there's a reason for that because they can bury costs and they can, you know, they can project what the, what the policy might do and, and everything else. And like you said, the whole time lining the pockets of the shareholders making money for the insurance company which I'm okay with making money for the insurance company as long as I benefit from that or I own part of the company. Makes sure. sense? Absolutely. All right. So let's just assume or agree that we can only use a mutual company or a mutual holding company to do infinite banking. Okay. okay. So um, what's the next thing we look for? Should we look for ratings? No, we yeah, yeah. Fin the, their financials, their financial position. Yeah. So let's talk about ratings first, though, because people like to do that. It's simple. There's something out there called the Comdex, which is a combination of all of the ratings. And they'll say, hey, what's the what's that company's Comdex rating? You know, and there's a couple of companies and it kind of always varies like one to three companies that are 100 Comdex. I think right now it's only one. And that means you have all of the top ratings across the board. Now, there was a company back in 2008, Nick, that had 100 Comdex. <laughs> so that means they had the highest ratings. It was awesome. Across the board. Hall of right? Fame. Hall, Hall of Fame company, right? Hall of Fame. They were also the largest insurance company in the United States. They weren't a mutual company, by the way. But in 2008, they had 100% or 100 Comdex, not 100%. 100% of the top ratings. 30 days later, guess what that company was doing? 
Mm, almost taking down the world economy. They were they were almost insolvent. They were insolvent, and we bailed them out. And this was AIG. And as a as a all the taxpayers listening to this, um, we bailed them out, and they almost were taken down by their derivatives division. Now we could do a whole uh, episode on what a derivative is, but let's. It's there were twenty people in London, England that um, were in their derivatives division and it almost took down the whole company, right? Now, how did they have 100 Comdex 30 days before they were insolvent? Hmm. Is it, did, did it have something to do with uh, writing checks to places maybe? That's right. Uh, those ratings are, I mean, they're for sale. They're, the, the ratings companies are for profit. So, you know, they're, it just proves that one example, and there are many other examples, that it's that's not what you want to look at. That the ratings, yeah, they're subjective and they may be influenced by cash. <laughs> that's the way I would say it. But what would <laughs> I look at? Steak dinners, you know, trips, you know, like all that stuff, right? The guy making the ratings. But what would I look at, Nick, if I wanted to see the financial strength of a company? Maybe their statutory reserves, their NIAC ratios. I mean, let's look at their actual financials, right? And yeah. and so when we look at the financials, we can see does this company devour their reserves to boost up their dividends in a in a low dividend environment and lower their guarantees? The, I mean, we can see really the mentality and the management of that company, right? And what we want is we want high reserves and we want high statutory reserves because it, you know, we want to know that if something really, really went bad in our economy, worse than things that are going on today, would this company be able to survive, pay all of its obligations, et cetera, right? And yeah. there, are, there are standards out there that the insurance industry puts in place and we want uh, those we want to exceed those standards, right? Absolutely. That way we know we have a strong company. I, I would say we want to make sure they don't have a derivatives division, but I think that was obvious from the previous story. <laughs> so, okay. There are some companies out there, major mutual companies, and they don't like infinite banking. Does that mean infinite banking is bad? No, no not necessarily. But why don't they like it, Nick? Well, there's for one thing is there's a couple of things. One is they want you buying other products. They want you putting, you know, they've got a stick on how you're going to fund uh, your whole life policy. Uh, they want you to uh, direct the, the dividends to pay your premiums. And then that's part of their sales stick that, hey, you won't have to pay any out of out of pocket dollars to this policy. And guess what? You can put money in these other products that we're trying to sell you. Right. So, yeah, one thing we have to remember, especially when we're doing infinite banking, and Nelson talks about this and he writes about it very eloquently, is these are large financial institutions. So what does a financial institution want? They want control of your money. And how much of your money do they want? Hmm, as much as you'll part with. How long do they want to keep it? As long as you'll tolerate it. And how much do they want to give back to you? Uh, as uh, little as you'll tolerate. That's right. So 
you know, th these insurance companies, that's what they want. Now, if they're going to do infinite banking, we're going to take their money and go make money while our money sits with them inside of a tax shelter, right? Right. So the company has to like it. Now, why would a company like it? Well, right now, let's say that an insurance company is charging you 5% on a loan, which is 100% secure asset to the insurance company. Is there anywhere else that they can get 5%, 100% secure um, in today's market? Not likely. No. So there are insurance companies that understand that this is, this is a good thing to have people doing infinite banking that are their policyholders. But the majority of people will never take a loan on their life insurance policy. The majority of people will not do infinite banking. And the majority has never been right about anything, as Nelson, again, pointed out all the time. <laughs> right? So, so we are in the minority. I am okay with that. And in fact, <laughs> I embrace that. Okay? So these insurance companies that don't like infinite banking. How do we know they don't like infinite banking? Well, Nick talked about Nelson's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, which is really the standard. And that's a book that everybody listening to this, if you have any interest in infinite banking, you got to read that book at least a hundred times. No, I'm just kidding. Um, at least a couple of times. And um, um, that book lays everything out very, very clearly. Now, there was an insurance company, Northeast Large Mutual Company, okay, that we won't mention. But what they said is that if you hand out that book and you're a career agent with them, okay, you'll be terminated. This is about hmm. three or five years ago, something like that. Now, would I want to buy a policy and do infinite banking with that company and knowing that they would terminate a career agent if they promoted infinite banking with nelson's book no yeah, that, because what's next nick that's right that's next now they don't support the process of infinite banking because remember infinite banking is not about the product it's about the process of taking loans paying them back rinse and repeat and in my mind that sends a signal that hey they're not going to tolerate that business for who knows how long, and then support the process of it. And that's one of the things we've seen this before is when a company changes their tolerance level, how, how cumbersome it becomes to do the process of banking with an insurance company that doesn't want to service the business anymore. Absolutely. So, uh, and here's one uh, small example is that we have companies that we use that can get you a loan sometimes no promises sometimes the same day okay but but within 24 hours yep um and so we can move quickly especially if we're a real estate investor or we simply got caught flat-footed on owing some taxes or something like that i've seen this stuff happen over and over again over the years so um there are companies out there that take weeks to get a loan. And what they're doing is they're discouraging you from taking loans because they're a financial institution that wants your money. How much? All of it. How long do they want to keep it? Forever. How much do they want to give back to you? None. 
as little as possible. So remember that over and over again. Okay. So those companies, they're just hard to work with. Sure. You know, and, and so we don't really want those companies either. There are also companies that I think are, um, when they, when you look at illustrations, they're, they're, they're showing you dividends. And, and by the way, when you see an illustration from any company and the non-guaranteed, the current, the current scale, current dividend scale projection, that will not happen. Okay. Just know that that will not happen. It's going to be better. It's going to be worse, but it will not be every year that amount. And so um, the only thing that we can do then that, that we know for sure is the guarantees. So we want those guarantees have weight. I think more weight than somebody um, robbing their reserves to prop up their dividend. So guarantees are really, really important. Yeah, there's very few. I mean, think of it like almost like a risk transfer, right? Like, so if a company is um, showing there's no good deals in insurance, right? So where they giveth, they taketh. So if a place is showing you this really high dollar figure uh, in a dividend, well, guess what? It's coming out of the guarantee. So what have they done? They've transferred the risk to you uh, by saying, hey, I'm going to have this cash value here if I get paid the dividend, right? If the company goes, hey, we're not going to pay out these big dividends, but in return, you're going to get this really high guarantee. Well, who just took the risk to perform? Well, the insurance company did. Well, do I want to bet? I kind of think about it. Do I want to bet uh, with or against them? Well, they have, they have actuarial science, the law of large numbers, selection on their side. So these companies we're working with have been around for only over 100 years, right? They've only paid uh, dividends for only over a hundred years, right? So they've got a heck of a track record to do this. I'm going to go with them and their guaranteed number. That's what I, that's what I'm drawn to. Um, so when Jim's talking about, Hey, a company is, is propping up their dividend, just know that that guaranteed number is significantly lower. Right. Uh, and so you're, you're taking some more risk when you approach uh, infinite banking with a with a platform built like that yeah the late norm baker always said there's no free lunch in insurance <laughs> there's either i take if i take from you in the beginning i can give to you in the end if i give to to you in the beginning i have to take from you in the end and yeah. and so the 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 key to that is uh right now this is really evident nick because there's uh, been a change in the 7702 definition mm. of insurance and it allows these insurance companies to lower their guarantee where it um, from four percent all the way down to as low as two percent okay so what's going to happen is if they don't have to guarantee as much then they can project higher dividends right but right now until towards the end of the year with the companies that we use and really with all the companies out there, you can yeah. still buy the higher guarantees on um, insurance policies. So uh, that's going to change. It doesn't mean infinite banking isn't going to work. It's still going to work. There's, there's lots of things going on. We are in talks and on committees 
with some of the uh, companies that we uh, like to use. And we are uh, having influence on the design and the uh, manufacturing of those products. And they will still be uh, acceptable. They, they'll, they'll excel in infinite banking um, policies and cash. Now, part of that is, again, we talked about strength. We talked about access. But let's talk about access in the beginning. Okay, we talked about guarantees. Now, by the way, here's what we like to see in the guarantee, okay, is that after 10 years, the worst thing that could happen is that you have all the money that you put in. Now, think about that. If I go invest in real estate, I go buy a business, I do, is, is the worst thing that can happen is that I can get all my money back after 10 years? <laughs> no. No. And that I was insured the whole time? That God forbid I get hit by a bus, my family gets a bingo. Is there um, any? Is there anywhere, Jim, that you could store your money for ten years, and at the end of the ten years, you're guaranteed to get all of it back? Not that I know of. I mean, well, wait, wait, what about what about your friendly bank, Jim? Well, I, if I look at how many <laughs> banks have gone out of business in the last thirty years, Nick, versus how many insurance companies, I'm going with the insurance companies. Yeah, it's you're not guaranteed. You are a creditor of that bank when you deposit money in that bank. That's right. So, um, all right. So then let's talk about um, early cash value. Okay. Right. Okay. Because there are some people out there falsely teaching infinite banking. When I say falsely, um, you know, uh, Nelson Nash is the godfather of infinite banking. He is the creator of the concept and the explainer of the concept for the last 30 years or more. Yep. And, um, and, and, he does, and he talks about design of policies and everything um, and why and why it makes sense and that the premium is the solution, not the problem. But then there are some people that don't, obviously don't practice infinite banking to buy assets, et cetera, because they are teaching it from a scarcity standpoint and they're concerned about that very first year cash value. And I yeah. understand why. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to get into a scarcity mindset, but what we really want is we want to um, have cash drag that makes sense. Meaning what am I gonna get on the other end? Is if I look at it after 10 years or after seven years, what, how's my leveraging looking? Is it getting better and better? Meaning every dollar that goes in, am I having how many, you know, how many more dollars do I have to use? And if it's leveraging, then I want as much money going through there as part as possible. That's leveraging. So some companies, it seems like it could be three or four or five years before every dollar you're putting it in, putting in is available to use. Okay. Um, a lot of the companies that we use that can I mean, if you have a woman under 55 years old, uh, maybe even 58 years old, in the second year, you put in a dollar, you have more than a dollar to use. Okay. All of the companies that we use get efficient very quickly. And it's again, the way that we design it, but that is as long because it's in the parameters that the, the company allows us to design it that way. And, um, I'm excited about the 7702 changes because I think that there are people out there 
that have term riders on their policies that can drop those. Yeah. Potentially, potentially. Well, that's so, just, that's just the thing. Like when people are, are manipulating the policy, I always call it like tricking it out. You have to manipulate it with a lot of cost of a ter term rider. So like, Hey, what for me to do this, how, you know, how can I make it the, the lowest internal cost for you? Right. Like, so am I baking in a lot of term rider costs that is not nearly as flexible as people want to advertise it to be right? Like that's gonna, that's a fool's errand. And we're running, we've seen that a lot. Uh, we get confronted with it a lot. There's a lot of very poor information on the interweb about that. Some YouTube channels that, that are, that are promoting some really false ideas. People haven't done this for very long and uh, their clients are going to be sorry. I feel uh, in a few years when they don't have the flexibility that they thought they were going to have. And that yeah. was all for, that was all for taking the early quote unquote win. Absolutely. And what, what we show people is that let's just look at year 10 because every year after year 10, it only gets better and better and better. Right. So we know that, but in year 10, if I can put in a dollar and I have say a dollar 75, hmm. well, do I want to put in a dollar or do I want to put a million dollars and have 1.75? Yeah. Right. Because that's where, if I take that 1.75, I go buy cash flowing assets. I bought those cash flowing assets with the discount because I only had to put a million dollars in to get the 1.75. So the, the there's I want my premiums to be as high as possible once my policy starts to leverage. So I want my policy to start to leverage soon, right? But then I want the capacity, I want the volume to yeah. be able to flow through there. So we look at all of these different things with these insurance companies, what, right? What what else, Jim? I would say underwriting. I mm. mean, you know, we have to, we have people that are putting millions of dollars a year in their infinite banking plans, right? And by the way, don't let that scare you. Some of those people that are putting hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in started with, with smaller policies, okay? Right. Once they understand it, they always expand. They always go bigger. Even if I start at a million dollars a year, I'm going to go bigger, right yeah. because my i'm gonna i'm gonna have money flowing back to me so um so i would say that underwriting is important and uh, communication with the policyholder access i mean all of those things so what we do is we're not tied to any one company we analyze who are the players out there and if it changes we add or subtract and um you know that's why we're here to coach you and, the, and that's really the different the difference with Create Tailwind is we're going to coach you from the beginning to the end, to the end. The end is when you get hit by a bus or, Nick <laughs> or I get hit by a bus. <laughs> what else would you add to that, Nick, before we wrap up? Well, I just think that you got to look at the flexibility of, of how you fund the policy, how, how we can construct the policy with the, the paid up edition rider. You know, there's there's companies out there that, hey, if you don't fund that that rider, if you don't know what that means, we can uh, schedule a meeting with us. We can explain that to you. But, um, you know, we're trying to fund this rider. It's like a turbocharger for the policy. And and I've got a friend here in uh, Kentucky. He's an agent for um, one of the, the state run farm bureaus and they can only fund the paid up edition rider the first year. Yeah. Right? Well, that doesn't necessarily work. 
right? So it's thing, understanding the proper way to construct the policy. You'll see some other stuff out there, Jim, you know, not to go down too far the direct and non-direct recognition route, but hey, understand what that is. So when you're, when you're looking at an illustration, I mean, there's one out there that's sold by some IBC practitioners that is direct recognition yet shows a high dividend. Well, we just talked about that, right? Like, so that means you have low guarantees. Well, if you're using the money and you have a direct recognition company, well, guess what? You don't get paid all that dividend when you have that money lent out to, for your real estate investments, your business investments. So is that really, it's, it's almost false advertising. You're propping up this illustration. You're basically being sold an illustration. Um, that's not the point like kind of understanding what's under the hood of that. And um, I, I feel like we've done, uh, we've been fortunate enough to educate some people on that, that were being sold some of that uh, here just this year. I can think of a couple, couple clients that were being confronted with that this year. Um, so I think those are kind of the big hitters, you know, like we have great relationships with the companies we work with. Um, and just kind of understanding there's really, Jim, would you say there's only a half a dozen carriers out there that, that really service this and can host this the proper way? I think so. I mean, and, and um, there are a half a dozen companies that I would say are that do it, that aren't captive. Meaning if you, if you are going to uh, represent their products, you don't have to only represent their products. Sure. Right. And that's, you know, a captive contract. Sure. So um, we want independence because we work for our clients. We don't work for the insurance company. And they're, they're simply a manufacturer that we're, that we have access to their, to their products. And so um, I would definitely agree with that. The direct versus non-direct, totally agree with that. I think it's misleading when you see if, if, you, if somebody knows you're going to do infinite banking, and they show you a um, illustration that doesn't show you what's going to happen to your dividend if they're direct recognition when you take a loan. And you know what? There, uh, I, I would you'd be shocked at how many people don't understand direct recognition versus non-direct recognition. That's from experience. That's from people that are pretty sharp people out there that don't that that didn't know five years ago uh, how that recognition worked. Now, sure. that just means that if those sharp people don't know how it works, these guys that are good YouTube marketers that haven't done this very long, they really don't know how it works because they yeah. haven't experienced it. And, you know, I'm going to wrap it up with this, Nick, is if we could develop a plan where, and we can do it one of two ways, Nick, where <laughs> failure is or isn't an option, hmm. which way would you prefer. I like it when failure is not an option. So that's exactly right. And that's the way that we design it where failure is not an option. You will succeed. You will build this. Okay, Nick, because some people really um, <laughs> uh, uh, wait for this question. So I'm going to put you on the spot today. Uh -oh. is if you could, if you could only retain the knowledge from one book that you've read, what book would it be on all subjects? Sure. On all subjects. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bible. Oh, I, I knew that you were going to do that. And I meant to say other than the Bible, 
Yeah, there you go. No, I, I, I really, it's uh, Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Uh, frankly, it's, it, it's changed my life. There's a couple close seconds um, in there, but they all tend to inter, inter, uh, intertwine with each other. But um, I just, I've talked about that book a couple times this morning with some uh, prospective clients that have come to us via referral. And uh, I can't say enough about the depth of that book and just how simple of a read it is. Um, go to go to infinitebanking.org, get a get a copy of that. I mean, it's what, 20 bucks or something like that. It's, it's the cheapest 20 bucks you'll ever spend. Uh, frankly, you get a lot more back in value than you're going to pay in money. Um, you go to createtailwind.com. You know, if you've got questions about what we talked about today, need some clarity on anything, just go to contact us. Uh, one of us will reach out to you, uh, schedule a 20-minute call if that's what you need, or a uh, a video session with us. Uh, we, we are not the hard uh, used car salesman closers. You know, we, we just love to educate until you decide whether this is for you or not for you. Uh, but it's important to be an educated buyer. Uh, basically informed consent. <laughs> is Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, infinite banking is a great tool to use to break away from the herd. So Nick, until next time, thank you very much for being on audience. Thank you for listening. Uh, feel free to review and subscribe to our podcast. We would love that and rate us uh, 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 five <laughs> stars or whatever. Is that the most? Nick? It's the only appropriate amount. It's the of only stars appropriate. I show. wasn't sure if they were ten stars. No, just <laughs> maybe the, there was a different category. But uh, just kidding. All right. Until next time, nothing good happens in the herd. So let's break away. All right. Take care. Thank you. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.